0: Hey there, I'm Simone Soul, and I'm your Korean mom. I help you to drop your fear of marketing and bring joy back into business and overcome the paralysis, fear, and chaos that's been keeping you stuck. Let's do this. Hey friends, in light of recent horrible, horrible events in the world and what I have spoken about it through my social media, I've gotten A lot of requests from people to speak and teach on how to use your voice and speak for what you believe in, what you advocate for courageously and fearlessly. And I had some thoughts on it. So I did an Instagram live, really breaking down what I know about this. And I really think it's going to be worth a listen for you. I'm going to be teaching you the two things you have to remember about speaking your truth and the five questions that I'm going to offer you that are going to guide you to the most productive and intentional decisions you can make about how to use your voice in a way that is coming from total alignment and the convictions that are coming from your integrity. So I think this is going to be really helpful. I apologize in advance for all the toddler noises in the background. (laughs) Just pretend like you're sitting in my office with me in my home and we're just having a chat. So I'm sorry about that. But I think you're going to find the teaching content really valuable. So have a listen. How to talk about things, how to speak your truth when talking about anything is really hard and things are scary for a lot of people. How to use your voice in a way that's actually useful and doable for you. So there are just a couple of things I made notes. There are a couple of things that I want you to know. And I think a lot of people like know them at some level, but we're in denial. (laughs) The first thing I want you to know is that there is no such thing as doing right by everyone. There is no such thing as making everybody happy. If you take one position, you'll be a hero to some people and a villain to other people. If you take no position, you are going to, you might not ruffle as many feathers, probably, although you might sometimes precisely because you didn't say anything. If you say the vaguest, most bland, generalized thing, that could actually be the most hurtful thing to some people for the same reason that when you say all lives matter as a response to Black lives matter is hurtful to a lot of people because When you erase the differences, when you erase the specificities that require certain specific things to be spoken about in certain ways, that could be hurtful for people as well. So please, can we just all drop this idea that we can do the right thing, say the right thing so that nobody gets mad? That is impossible. If that you hold yourself up to that bar, you're never going to be able to speak. So one, let's just drop that. Let's just disabuse ourselves of that aspiration to make everybody happy even like to make everybody all my friends happy impossible your friends are probably diverse people with their own independent intellect and worldview how are you going to make sure that what you're about to say is going to conform to every single one of their ideas of what's important and what it means to be a good person. It's impossible. Stop trying to force people into moral uniformity. I don't think that's good for the world. I don't think we need it. We don't all need to believe the same things. We don't all need to do the same things, right? So one, get rid of this bar that it's possible to not hurt some people, to not offend some. That it's possible to be on the right side with everybody, to do the right thing by everybody. It is simply always impossible for everyone. Period. The second thing I want you to know is that another thing that's impossible is changing most people's minds. If a hundred people are want to talk to you, probably only like three people out of the hundred is really willing to talk to you to learn something new, to challenge their own you know, entrenched beliefs and automatic default biases and really are willing to go on a journey to to think about things differently than you. That's always going to be a tiny, tiny slice of the population, even amongst people who already know you and like you. I think people really underestimate how deeply invested every single one of us is unconsciously in maintaining our biases and maintaining our world world worldview. We cling to what we know and we cling to what we think is true even when it's hurting us and those of us who are change workers and coaches we know this we could intellectually know a million things that are better for us to do but we don't do them why because our nervous systems our neural wiring both are you know wired to make us keep doing the same thing keep believing the same thing to keep the same habits of thinking and feeling right so the most majority of people who you might engage with are not open to changing their mind even when they say they are a lot of that is like don't take the bait right and it's totally useless to try to change people's majority of people's minds on instagram for the most part you are going to congregate with people who see things the same way you do who where there's enough alignment between where you are and where they are that it makes sense for you to be an allyship with each other. And then there's going to be, you know, a small percentage of people who are not neither quite here nor there, but they trust you. They like you. They respect you and they want to listen to you. They want you to influence them. They're open to influence, right? You know when some you're talking to someone who's actually open to influence and know that majority of people are not, right? When's the last time you heard someone say, hey, I had this argument, I had this debate with somebody on social media, and I totally changed their mind. I succeeded in persuading them that their previous position was wrong, and I was right. When have you heard anybody say that, right? If it happens, it happens in very rare situations where there's a lot of pre-existing Trust and high regard for each other, right? So when that's not already established and that mutual, you know, investment in that conversation and mutual vulnerability, when that's not present, you cannot change other people's minds. So give it up. Don't go run after people trying to enlighten, enlighten them. If that worked, I'd encourage you to do it, but it doesn't work, right? So changing people's minds for the most part, none of your business. Okay. And so. Of course if there was no ability to change or affect or influence anything there'd be no point in showing up and speaking our truth. So here is for the people that do want to be influenced by us, for the people that we can affect with our truth, the people that we can, you know, invite into a new way of thinking and and feeling. And remember that it's always going to be a minority. Don't take the bait of everybody who comes to you saying they just want to talk. They just want to debate and you can talk to them, but not everybody who says that is actually open to input from you, right? So here are some critical questions to ask yourself when you think about how to speak your your truth in a way that's useful. Number one, think about what is this the change that I want to make in the world? What kind of world do I want to live in? And what are the specific changes that I want to make happen in the world so that we move towards a better world that I want to live in? And following that, who are the people that I need to collaborate with? Who are the people that I need to connect with? Who are the people that I need to team up with to make those particular things happen, That to make the particular changes happen, right? So I'm just going to use a different example. Let's say I am trying to reduce the, the usage of plastic straws. Okay. I just put a very neutral example on purpose. Let's say I want people to reduce the uh, usage of plastic straws who you're partnering with is not somebody who has never thought about the environment in their lives. Who you're partnering with is not somebody who's probably a, like a climate change denier. They are not going to give a shit about plastic straws, probably. Right. And like, you're going to think about, okay, so I'm, I need to partner with environmentalists. And within environmentalists, there's lots of different kinds of environmentalists. I'm probably going to need to team up with people who also believe that it's important and that it's fruitful for people in our everyday lives to change our behavior in small ways that lead to bigger changes in the environment. So if you don't fit that very particular description, then you are not going to be a good fit to be my partner in my campaign to reduce plastic strong usage. Many, many, many years ago, when I was a spring chicken, I had a, you know, a short, for a short time, a, a part time gig canvassing for an organization for abortion rights, right? And the way I was taught to canvas was if I talk to someone and they're like, oh, I'm like pro-life, I don't believe in abortion, I think abortion is bad. You say, thank you for your time and you move on. You don't try to like, you know, (laughs) convert them. That's never gonna happen. So let's say in that moment, the change I wanted to make was, you know, getting more people to vote for abortion rights, right? Then in that case, my choice of who my partners are has to be strategic, Right. My partners are one people who already are pro-choice and two people who are like willing to take the time out of their day to talk to me and to sign something and to, you know, to donate, to do something about it. people who have that willingness. And that's not even every pro-choice person right? So these two go hand in hand. What's the change you want to make in the world and who are going to be your partners? What are the people you need to reach out to? What are Who are the people you need to connect with? Who are the people that you need to rally in order to make this change happen? Now, this works exactly the same way in marketing when you're just like selling your product as it does in activism. You don't go after everybody. You think very specifically about what's the change I'm after and who is, a good fit to be my partner in it. I can tell that a bunch of you are watching, but nobody's commenting. So I have no idea if any any of this is landing. So if it is landing, let me know in the comments. (laughs) So once you know what's the change, who are the people, then we're suddenly so much clearer, right? We have narrowed it down by a lot. And then you ask yourself, okay, so given I know who I'm talking to and why I'm speaking to people, then you ask yourself, what here needs to be seen? What here needs to be heard? What needs to be witnessed? What needs to be affirmed? What needs to be challenged, right? Because you're not thinking about general. You're not thinking about everybody. You're talking about these people for this cause, for this specific change, right? What do these people need that's going to help them to feel better, to feel more committed, to feel better informed, to feel comforted, emboldened, inspired, encouraged, to do the thing with you in order to make that change in the world, right? So you go from the what change, and then you think about who are the people, and then you think about what do the people need? You think about their needs. And somebody said, help them to invest in themselves and their value system. Exactly. Once again, same thing in marketing, same thing in activism, right? So in marketing your product, it could be like they buy this product so they can that can have a positive impact on their life and in activism, it's like investing in the world they want to live in, right? Investing their time and energy into creating a social change that, again, makes it more of a world that we want to live in, those of us who share those ideals, right? So what do they need and how can I give them more of what they need in order to feel the way they need to feel in order and given the knowledge that they need in order to take action towards this change that we are both co-invested in, right? So that's the third thing. The what, the who, and the what is the need. And the fourth thing is you want to be sure in all of this process, why all of it matters to you. Why do you give a shit? Because I'm going to tell you what the last thing is. The fifth thing you need to keep in mind, the, 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 the fifth thing you need to ask yourself is what are the risks that I'm willing to take in order to do this work? If I'm going to piss off a bunch of people, if I might lose followers if I might lose popularity if I might lose clients even lose money in a minute I'm going to be asking you what am I willing to risk and I'm going to talk about that more deeply but first in order to know what you're willing to risk you have to know why it matters to do this to speak your truth because you could so easily not I don't speak about a lot of things that I feel strongly about because the reason is just I just don't have like really deep reasons Let me give you a personal example of the reasons about why I speak out about the particular things that I speak out about. I come from, you know, a people that in the past century has endured unimaginable epic amounts of trauma and suffering that was, you know, brought on by, you know, 36 years of a very violent, brutal occupation by different imperial government, followed by a really horrible civil war, followed by decades of military dictatorship. And now I live in a peaceful and prosperous country. Where my people are still here. We still speak our language. We are, you know, more or less have our culture intact. We have our language intact. And the fact that I'm able to enjoy all of this right now, the only reason that I'm able to have it and enjoy all of this is because many, many, many of my ancestors literally died for it. They did things that to fight for our people, our sovereignty, our freedom, our democracy, they risked being arrested, beaten, tortured, killed, being torn apart from their families, all kinds of things that I can't even begin to imagine. They willingly put themselves on the line so that their descendants, me, could live with the knowledge of where I come from and so that I could be free and have all all the opportunities that I do. Like the world they live in was directly paved with the suffering that my ancestors chose to fight for my people to fight for our country, to fight for the principles that give me the current peace and prosperity that I enjoy. So when I think about my own work, when I think about my own business and how I use my platform, my activism, what really matters to me is that when I face my ancestors, I don't want to be fucking ashamed. I don't want to be embarrassed, right? I imagine myself like an imaginary conversation between me and one of my ancestors who were like, you know, dragged and beaten and killed because they dared to protest imperialism, I think about me explaining my business in life to them. And I ask myself, would I be embarrassed? Would I be ashamed to tell them about my choices? Would I be ashamed to tell them about who I stood up for and who I didn't stand up for? That I think about that pretty much all day long, every day. And so that's why all of this matters to me because of my ancestors and because of what needed to happen in order for me to be where I am today. Because I know why it matters to me, it's so much easier for me to answer the next question, which is, what are the risks that I'm willing to take to speak my truth? Now, I, in some of the things that I've said recently, I have risked losing followers, losing friendships, losing clients and money. I have lost (laughs) these things. And I knew that going in and I was willing to take that risk because I knew what all of this meant to me what's really important about this is what risks you choose to take what risks you're willing to take is a profoundly personal it's a personal question and nobody gets to there's no right or wrong nobody gets to shame you for it right me being able to take a lot of risks it's is in large part a function of how much privilege i have you know like i know that if i even if i lose half of my clients half of my followers i know i'm going to be fine i'm not going to be homeless on the streets nobody's coming for me. Right. So these are in the grand scheme of things, small risks that I chose to take based on my resources and my capacity. Right. So you might not be able to be as vocal as you want to be because doing so might cost your job and you literally need the job to so you can have health insurance for your kids and like pay rent so you don't end up homeless. You know what I mean? And. Also, there are those of us who are more sensitive. And I also identify as a highly sensitive person. And I'm not going to be anywhere like marching where there's a a possibility I could be arrested. Like I've got a kid. I'm a highly sensitive. I just can't do that. Right. That's not a risk I'm willing to take, at least up until now. (laughs) Right. And so you have to decide for yourself, like, this is what I'm willing to do. And these are the risks I'm willing to take. Because once you know, once you decide in advance what risks you're willing to take, When it actually happens, right, when people come for you, when people criticize you, when you lose followers and friends and clients, whatever, at least you're prepared. Like, I'm never going to say that it's like easy and fun and that it's not a problem. It's really upsetting. It's really makes me sad. It makes me, you know, to have that happen. But I knew that this was a risk I'm willing to take for the reasons that I just talked about because I know why it matters to me. And know that anything worth standing up for in the world has been won at a cost. Please know that. If there's no cost in standing up for something, then everybody would stand up for the thing and that would have no meaning. Everything we value, right? Like women's rights, queer rights, our ability to vote. Like I could just go on and on and on. All of these were hard won because people sacrificed People gave something up in order to challenge the status quo. So while it's not easy to lose things and, you know, risk things, know that this this has always been part of what it takes to change the status quo. And, you know, something that's been helping me a lot is reading up on, you know, ancestors and, you know, people in, in activism and intellectual lineage who have given up far more than I have and are just really inspiring with how much courage and integrity and conviction they they leave me with, right? So I think thinking in advance about what you're willing to give up is a really big part of it because if you're not willing to give anything up, then there's no way you're going to affect any kind of change. So let me sum this up for everybody. Grand summary of everything I said so far. Two things to remember when you are talking about having hard conversations about hard things in the world and how to be useful about them. One, there is no such thing as not offending some people. There's no such thing as getting it right and making everybody happy, doing right by everybody. That's not does not exist. Give it up. Number two, for the most part, the vast majority of people who interact with you, you are not going to change their minds. Just know that. It's always going to be a small percentage of people who are genuinely willing to engage with you, to learn, and to think and do something differently. So stop trying to like drag people into being educated, drag people into doing something different. Your energy could be far better spent. And the four questions that you need to ask yourself to anchor yourself in the right mindset to speak your truth. Number one, you got to know who are the people I'm serving? Who are the people that I'm connecting to and partnering with? And two, what are the changes that I want to make in the world? What is the world that I want to live in? What changes need to happen in order to create that world? And of course, that that ties into the question of who are the people that I need to partner with in order to co-create that world together, right? And the third thing is asking, okay, so given that I know what I'm going towards and who I'm doing it with, what are the needs that need to be met? What needs to be seen and heard? What needs to be affirmed? What needs to be challenged, right? What do people need? What does this movement need? What are these people? What does this cause need? And then you stepping up to that. Fourth is knowing personally why it matters to you, your personal why. The deeper why is going to give you the resilience that enables you to answer the final final question, which is what are the risks you're willing to take for that? So I hope this helps and I will talk to you later. Okay, bye. If you're looking for a one-stop shop where you can find the best of my teaching, all organized into a beautiful and actionable sequence, guess what? I got you. I took the best of my podcast episodes and created a whole damn workbook around them. It's called the Simone Starter Pack, and it's the ultimate marketing cheat sheet. I got countless emails from folks who downloaded it saying, this free resource is worth more than all these courses I paid thousands of dollars for. So, What are you waiting for? Go grab the Simone starter pack. The link is in the show notes. I can't wait to see what amazing results you'll get from it.